Chapter 44 Normally, she had the same feeling when she checks into a room. They all look the same. The same views, coffee and disappointing menu choices. The bed was always to spec, along with the mattress, duvet and pillows that offered no surprises. They used one brand of toiletry miniatures that littered the bathroom under the gaze of the similarly configured towels and pointlessly triangulated toilet roll. But today, Isla felt a different vibe running into the room. She chucked her bag on the bed before rushing through the wash and brush up far quicker than she'd normally entertain. She was ready in ten minutes. Looking around the room, remembering the last time they'd been in a hotel room together when they had nearly kissed and she wanted to give herself to the darling man who'd made her smile and played such great music. The groundwork had been quickly laid for a lot more, but the call came and Isla was left heartbroken for the first and so far only time. Isla had never felt anything that powerful for any other man. She stepped into the lift and had pressed one before she noticed that the button had been pressed by the other person in there. Her gaze moved slowly upwards, eventually landing on Stee, whose own nervous pacing had stopped as she entered the small space they now nervously co-inhabited. The doors closed and they smiled, taking a moment to embrace, Stee stooping into the hug with his smaller companion. She moved away first as the lift slowed to its journey's end, not wanting her nosy colleagues jumping to a gossiping conclusion. The thing with Steve was something that was between them, nobody else. If it was a thing, it had been a long time. So, where do we go? At least this time you can drink. To be honest, Steve, I fancy walk more than boozing. I think we need to get everything out there so we don't have any more surprises. I owe you some answers before we hit New York with you as a legal grown-up, and I want to know what's going on in your world. I think yours will be less complicated, so how about you go first? Steve, please, this isn't something I want to rush through. Last time we met up, we were on the point of taking things much further, and I know I'm not misreading things by saying, if you hadn't got that call, we might have had a run at things together. We were about to kiss Steve, spend the day on a boat together. It doesn't get much more romantic than that. Look, I understand why you dropped everything to run back to England, but I think you owe me some words of explanation. He understood that this had to be a grown-up conversation. His natural attempts to find a more humorous path through a delicate conversation would have to wait. You're right. I'm sorry, Isla. I was trying to keep it light. Let's find somewhere quiet away from this hotel, but not in the village. How about going to the boathouse by the water? I've walked past it so many times and only ordered a drink. In the meantime, you can tell me about your latest band. Stee held Isla's hand as they took the winding path through Central Park, which meandered up to the low boathouse. He indulgently disappeared into his evocative descriptions of all the irrelevant bits in life, taking as long as he could to delay the personal stuff until they were settled with a drink. He wanted to tell her everything, but didn't know how his news would land. At least this way, when he finally spilled his guts, if she'd had enough of him and didn't want to stick around, this walk would be the memory he'd keep when recalling his last few minutes of happiness with her. Isla might have a partner, after all. Following their three-year hiatus, it was unlikely they'd meet by chance and both of them be in a position to rekindle their spark. Regardless of how excited he was and the affectionate ease which she'd held his hand, Steve suddenly realised that she was holding his hand. This wasn't somebody who was yearning for somebody else. The restaurant was closing in an hour, so they slipped into a table and ordered a drink. The waiting was over. D-Day was here and it was time for the chat. Isla was first out of the blocks. I've got plenty to tell you, but given how things finished, I think the onus should be on you, Steve. Do you want to start? Fair enough. First of all, Isla, I'm so sorry. For what? Well, truth be told, I'm not really sure, but I feel like sorry is appropriate in this case. And you're right. If I'd not taken the call from Greta, we would have spent an incredible day together. And I've always looked back on that moment and felt I lost out on what could have been a life-changing day for you and me. You don't get many of those in a lifetime, and to let you go was tragic.
We always click. We've done it again today. Being with you is meaningful and memorable. There was a silent acknowledgement of the irony, for them both that day had been life-changing, but in a totally different way. And, and Greta, she's your wife, partner, your what? Hard to say, really. You're certainly not married, and she falls short of the standards you'd expect of a partner. You're not making this easy. What about the baby? I presume you're a father. You want me to give you the potted history? Isla nodded. Stee explained what had happened back before they'd met in Barbados to the present day, how there'd been nothing between Greta and him, so much that he had no real recollection of there being a relationship that warranted a mention, certainly nothing he was cheating on by spending his time with her, firstly in New York and then Barbados. He felt no guilt about getting close to Isla. And now, she had the history. What about the presents, Dee? And now, we are well into the process of breaking up. Amy is the only thing which makes it complicated. So you're broken up or not broken up? It is binary, one or the other. If you ask Greta, she'd say we're broken. And that is how I feel. But I haven't had a chance to pack up and leave the home or have that final conversation despite the many conversations on the subject. You know that the woman didn't even come to my mum's funeral. Who doesn't come to a family funeral? But even before I saw you earlier today, I had decided that when I get back to England, I would not be walking back into a relationship with her. So, as it stands, I guess we're in the process of breaking up, which technically means... Look, I get it, Stee. You're breaking up. In the process of starting to separate and there are a bunch of things you need to take care of. But to be clear, Stee, you still live in the same house as the mother of your daughter. That's still quite a big deal. I'm not going back, Isla. I promised myself and I'm promising you and that decision is in no way related to you. Before I saw you today, I'd already made that decision. Seeing you has just enforced it for me. I love my daughter, that won't change. But what little life I have with Greta, well that's truly over. And now that I've laid myself bare, what about you? My story is nowhere near as dramatic as having a three-year-old daughter. I'm old enough to drink in America. For the last three years, I've been enjoying life. I'm working my way up, but promotions don't come as quickly as I'd like. And I'm fitting in guilt trips to see my parents when I must. It's not very rock and roll. So you've not had a reason to run back to England because you've been impregnated by someone you barely know, stuck at the relationship because it seemed like the morally correct thing to do, and three years on you're on the verge of falling apart because you've given it everything and it still isn't enough? Nope. And in case you're in any doubt, I would have come to your mum's funeral, even if I was just your friend. Fancy another drink? Yeah, but not here. They're closing soon and I want to walk some more. This is not how I saw the conversation going. I feel depressed by it all, if I'm honest. Steve slumped back in his chair, deflated by the narration of his own reality. How did you see it going? I'm okay with everything you've told me, but which part of the truth was likely to land differently? I don't know, but I'm glad it's out there. I haven't confided in anybody. My friends see me as holding life together, but they really have no idea. Mainly because I'm embarrassed by myself in this ridiculous situation that I've made every effort to make good. They wonder if you're on the verge of a breakdown. It's a wonder your boss hasn't sent you to Barbados again. You dear man, this is normal stuff these days. You've done the right thing. You're a good person. You're a bloody good bloke, Stee. You did what you had to do, stuck at it and gave it your best shot. It hasn't worked and I assume you've been faithful and loyal. You didn't have to tell me what was going on in Barbados. You could have shagged me rotten and let me fly off none the wiser before doing the honourable thing. You chose not to. That's a really attractive quality, Stee. Now pay the bill and I'll be back in a minute. Your choice where we go next. Isla went to freshen up, unsure whether to laugh or chastise herself for introducing Shaggy into the conversation. Stee settled the extortionate bill for two hot drinks before they walked towards the skyscrapers where there were bars more suited to their returning optimism. Irish bars in New York were open late and many didn't close at all. They found one and took stalls at the quieter end of the bar. 
Isla, please put me out of my misery. You know everything. Where does that now leave us? Is there any chance of an us? What happens next? Forget everything and look at this through the eyes of somebody who isn't involved. You aren't ready to jump into anything until you've sorted your life out. You need to sort out your domestic shit. In the meantime, we can hang out and slowly figure out where we go once you're free. I've no problem with that at all. Let me get this straight. I need to play this back and there's no point doing it on my own. What you're saying is correct. I'm trying to sort out my domestic life. Yes, you are. And whilst I do so, we can hang out. If you want to, yes, we can. And once I do sort myself out, we can look at moving forward and potentially starting something together. That's pretty much captured what I was saying. Does the hanging out extend to a kiss? Not officially, but I think I owe you, so maybe just this once. Not hesitating for a second in case something scuppered him like a ringing phone, Steele leaned in. His hands wrapped around the back of her head and his fingers caressed her hair draped over her shoulders. After four years of waiting, they finally kissed. Isla felt the long overdue embrace in her core. It seemed to last a lifetime and it would have lasted for longer if it were not for the intrusive piss-taking applause coming from a bunch of Yankee fans at the other end of the bar. That was nice. You'd have had something even better three years ago if you hadn't fallen asleep. What do you mean? Isla filled him in on what almost happened during their previous night together. I fell asleep while you were saying you wanted me. Well, I did say that you might have shagged me rotten, but don't get carried away, Steve. You're older than you were, and I'm now well out of your league. You've still got a lot of work to do. It wasn't going to happen tonight, but they knew things were going to be all right. This was going to happen. They devoured their calamari and buffalo wings as the bar emptied, although this was a drinking den. The Blackguards pub was not going to get any busier on the first Sunday night after Labor Day. New York was ready for the working week and things had thinned out. Although they had the freedom of the city, it was late and the five-hour time difference was now kicking in. Despite being desperate to stay out, their bodies were screaming for sleep, so they set off on the short walk back to the hotel. If the lobby bar is still full of my colleagues, you'll understand if I can't be asked answering questions, especially questions which I don't know the answers to myself. I want this to mean more, Steve. However, until this situation with Greta is sorted, you and I can't be anything more than this. And what is this? We are everything except bedroom people. Hey, I have a sweet. Can we be sweet people? Isla smiled, accustomed by now to Steve making a joke wherever possible, but she clearly needed to be understood. See, sort your shit out, and then we can be whatever people we want us to be. I'm not charging into this under a cloud, and I will not be the woman who broke up your family. It's not right. You wouldn't want it the other way. I know you well enough to know that. You're right, Isla. Frustratingly accurate. How do you know me like this? Because you've had my attention for a really long time, Steve. It's just a shame it's taken us so long to get to today. But I'll be here when you're sorted, unless you screw up again, in which case it'll be a lucky escape for me. Isla saw her colleagues in the reception bar. This is where we go our separate ways. Is that okay? You go first, Isla. Have a nice night and call me tomorrow. Here's my new card with my US and UK numbers. My email is on there and the agency website which takes messages. Please don't lose it this time. Isla moved forwards and landed the last kiss of the evening onto Steve's cheek. Although he wanted more, Steve happily went off to his suite alone, but very happy. Before going to sleep, he received a text message from an unknown number. Thanks for tonight. See you tomorrow. This is Isla, by the way. You're going to need this number.